Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Here we go. Here we go. It's the Growing in Grace podcast, growingingrace.org, also on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Hopefully uh, you've found a good way to listen to us. It's real easy these days. Growingandgrace.org. Every single podcast episode is there, and you can listen to it right there via the website. Or again, you can find a podcasting app on your phone and listen to us there. Lots of different ways to do that. So, you know, the forgiveness of God, I said last week that there are so many facets of it. There are so many things to bring out, but it's something that people struggle with. And I understand that. Just recently, I um, hit a milestone in my life, walking with the Lord for 30 years, just earlier in January. Uh, I've been a believer all my life. Uh, As far as I go back in my memory, I've always believed in God. I've always believed in Jesus. I was raised in a pastor's family, and I just have, have always believed. But the Lord really gripped me in a very obvious way 30 years ago. And what I call my walk with him began, although he was with me the whole time. He's been with me the whole time. But in those early years, and even since then, I have had times of struggle and doubt wondering where I stand with him. You know, maybe I've I've sinned. Maybe I haven't. Cap, I think a few weeks ago you were sharing how one of your struggles with was you would confess that you hadn't read your Bible that day. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, I was I was living in guilt when yeah. I wasn't reading at least ten chapters a day. And there and there's all kinds of things like that that I would struggle with or that believers struggle with, wondering where they stand with God, wondering if God will forgive them, wondering if they're saved, all because of what we do or don't do. Okay, so we base so many of our thoughts about our relationship with God based upon what we do, and we give very little or no credit to what God has done for us, willingly. It was God's will that Jesus went on the cross to die for our sins as the one offering for all sins. God willed for that to happen. Jesus says, Nobody takes my life. I lay it down. It was his own doing, his own choice to do it. He did it willingly. That's I'm, I'm really wanting to get to that, that it has nothing to do with our choices, our feelings, our thoughts, our actions, because despite all of that, despite our choices, our actions, our thoughts, our feelings, despite any of that, for the better or for the worse, Jesus laid down his life. He offered himself once for our sins. God accepted that sacrifice. That sacrifice was sufficient. And all of our sins, whether you can deal with it or not in your head, have been forgiven. All of our sins have been taken away. And that is something that we have as a sure and steadfast hope and an anchor for the soul. There's nothing that can take away what Jesus did. None of our actions, behavior, thoughts, any of those things can take away what Jesus did, and it can't add to what Jesus did. So let's put our hope in what Christ did. Let's stop putting the focus on us and what we do, and remember that he did this willingly, and he did it for us. Oh, 
and, and it's it's so freeing to come to that realization. I mean, it's just it's just so incredible. It takes all the pressure off of us. And 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 when I came to understand this, Joel, or you know, just begin to understand it uh, about you know over twenty five years ago, it just changed everything for me. I mean, <laughs> I could feel the. I could feel the weight being lifted off. You could almost feel the air coming out, you know, that was uh, keeping you all tight inside. And you begin to realize that this is this is really unconditional love. Well, and once I began to realize, there was a phrase that was often used uh, in the early days of our Grace Walk, and it was actually used in a song by Tony Vincent. Once I realized there was nothing I could do to make God love me more, or to make him love me less, it, it just took me on a whole new path. And no, not one that made me want to go out and sin as much as I wanted to. <laughs> it, it, mm-hmm. not, nothing to do with any of that. It, and it's, it's interesting, maybe we can talk more about this at another time. I know we've got an anniversary show maybe coming up soon, but your background is, is very different from mine, to, to some degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did discover the saving knowledge of Jesus at a young age while I was in elementary school. But my background, my my family was Catholic, and my immediate family didn't really go to church very often. I had a lot of cousins and other parts of the family who did. They were very committed and dedicated to it. My parents were not quite so much. And so, you know, I had some background there. But when I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus and and kind of moved on, I I wasn't in church all the time. I I was rarely in church. I I didn't really start attending church regularly until I was a young adult. It's just interesting to me, while you mentioned that, that our our backgrounds are kind of different and how they've merged and and brought us to where we are today. But, you know, something we brought up from Hebrews 7 last week about how this uh, new covenant and the contrast compared to the old covenant is that they are not the same thing. Uh, one replaced the other. They weren't merged. You know, it wasn't new. Co- it wasn't uh, old covenant part two. And and he brings that up again in the in the next chapter uh, when he's talking about the previous covenant and the new covenant that would be enacted. He, and, and he uses Jeremiah as as a reference to that. But he makes this statement, and it's important that we get this. And when, when God says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. This new covenant is not like the old one. He made the old one obsolete. Uh, and, and it's just important to realize that this covenant, he said this covenant would not be like the one that came through Moses. They are totally different. And yet the church world, the religious world, has merged these two things together, law and grace, faith and works, and it's a mess when you get caught up in it. <laughs> it messes the person's mind up, and it messes, and it can mess their, their life up. And we have heard from people over the years who have really had um, a mess made of their life because of what religion has brought into their life, and, and thankfully— for so many of these these people, getting this cl- a clear revelation of the the finality of the work of Christ and of the, the what the cross of Christ really accomplished for us all, what God did for us on our behalf, that has brought this freedom that you and I are talking about. Indeed, uh, we've uh, it was different paths that led us to, to essentially the same place, and you know maybe we can you know you mentioned an anniversary um, coming up. 
This week actually is going to mark the 17-year mark of the Growing in Grace podcast, and I think we'll talk more about that next week. And maybe we can share a little bit more of our journey. Who knows? Who knows what we'll we'll bring up next week? But the wonderful thing is that uh, what what it's weird how the mind works. But when you were talking about our different paths, I thought to myself, the wonderful thing is that although many of us in the body of Christ have had so many different paths of what if you know through religion and through performance-based Christianity, and things that have led us to where we are now, the one thing that we have that is sure and steadfast is the gospel, the truth of what the blood of Jesus has accomplished. And I think it's just awesome that we all have these different stories, and God has led us to the truth. You know, we're skipping around here in, in Hebrews uh, something that stuck out to me in Hebrews 9, and you can read all of 9 for some more context on this. There is more context, but there's a point that I want to bring out of here. It says in verse 24, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not, and this is really what I wanted to get to, even though this passage is saying a whole lot more than this, but I think this is really great here. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He would then have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So, okay, forgiveness previously, these high priests, they had to go in often. They had to offer animal sacrifice after animal sacrifice after animal sacrifice, and it still never took away sins. It didn't do that. It provided like a temporary forgiveness, a temporary covering for sins. But Jesus, he appeared once to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. That's the difference between the way that forgiveness was previously dealt out with how it is now. One time Jesus offered himself and it took away sin. By the sacrifice of himself, he has appeared to put away sin. So again, we can focus on what we do and what we think and and all of the mess ups that we've had and all the things um, that we've done, or we can focus on what Jesus did once that took away all of it, everything, you know, everything that we've ever, you know, see, this happened 2,000 years ago. And so how many of our sins had we committed at that time? At that time, we hadn't even been born yet, unless there's somebody who's 2,000 years old here. Nobody had been born. So that one sacrifice took away all of the sins that would happen in your lifetime. That includes your past sins, your present sins, and even the ones you've yet to commit. That's one thing we wanted to highlight a little bit, too, is that some people will say, well, you're forgiven up to the time that you've received Christ. And then somehow you got to keep getting forgiven over and over again, whether it's through confession, through change of behavior or through whatever. But you got to get forgiven over and over again. Your future sins, you're going to have to do something else in the future when you sin. But that one sacrifice of Jesus, that's what took away your sins. That one sacrifice. And so, and there's nothing else that you can do about it because Christ did it all. That's a great, uh, that's a great uh, 
even though you said there is more context to it, it's a, it's a great verse uh, to, to pluck out here during the, the context of our conversation uh, about forgiveness. Because, yeah, see, the problem is if, if God had to keep forgiving us over and over again, that means Jesus would have to return, as, as explained here in Hebrews 9, Jesus would have to keep returning and shedding more blood. And clearly that is not going to happen, hasn't happened, won't happen. Because why? It wasn't necessary. It was shed one time versus the many times through the old covenant and the, the blood of the bulls and goats, which couldn't take away sins. This shedding of the blood through our Savior took sins away once for all. And as you said, Joel, this took place a couple of thousand years ago. This is when the forgiveness was declared. And my personal opinion is, uh, I don't believe that salvation and forgiveness are synonymous. Right. And we may have received that forgiveness upon belief, the forgiveness that was already declared. Sin would not be the issue between humans and God ever again. But then there's the issue of life. And that's where belief comes in. Uh, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, we're running out of time for this program. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about our anniversary next week. But we're going to be getting back into this, of course, as we uh, talk more about the finality of the cross, the shedding of, of the blood, the forgiveness that it brought once for all. And uh, we look forward to uh, discussing more of this sort of thing with you uh, the next time we get together here at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.